And I'd like to speak to you today about living lighter. That song was really perfect for the message today, My King is Known by Love. The cross is the symbol of our faith. You think about the symbols of world rulers and power. What kind of king would set aside all of his glory and power and humble himself to a cross? Well, he did it for us, and we see the heart of Jesus this morning. In Matthew chapter 11, a very familiar passage, probably for many of you, it says in verses 28 through verse 30, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, Jesus says these first three words. Would you just read these, these first three words together with me? Ready? Come unto me. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. You shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look at that verse again. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sadly, in the name of the church, in the name of Christianity, many people have placed heavy burdens on people, actually. People have toiled and struggled sometimes in the name of Jesus, but the true heart of Christ is revealed in this passage. My yoke is easy. That doesn't mean without difficulty. It means it's light. It's an easy load. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you living with heaviness or are you living lighter? Let's think about that this morning. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we've, we've already worshiped you. And we just pray, we dedicate the final portion of our time together this morning, Lord, to you. I pray that the word of God would speak clearly. I pray that you'd help me to say only what you'd have me to say. And I pray that you'd speak to every heart, Holy Spirit, the way that only you can. Lord, we need your presence this morning. I need your help to preach, and we as a church need your help to listen. So I pray that, Jesus, you'd be preeminent in all all that's said in these next few minutes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus said, come, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Notice verse number 28. This idea of being in a state of labor, in a state of carrying a heavy load. And I thought about this, and as we think of this, you know, the truth is this. We all, we all carry baggage with us through life, don't we? How many of you ever, how many of you ever, you've been that person, you say, boy, I've got baggage, right? You know what I'm talking about? You say, I've got baggage. You know, there's different types of, and that's exactly who Jesus is speaking to. So if that's you, 
If you, if you said that with me this morning, yeah, that's me. I feel like I've got some baggage in my life. Jesus is speaking to you. If you look at the context of this passage, if you were to study all of the previous verses, you would go back in, uh, in previous verses up in the, the middle of the chapter. Verse number 16, he talks, he's, he's really challenging the Pharisees and the religious crowd of the day. In verses 20 and following, what he does is he challenges these cities where he did many, many works, but people scoffed and they wouldn't believe in Jesus. They wouldn't believe in him. And so he's been surrounded by, and he's addressing these people that they don't want to hear the message of Jesus. They're okay in their life. They, as far, could you take a little bit off my microphone? I'm, I'm getting a ring up here. Um, take it off on the, on the main, please. So he's speaking to people who are just, they, they've got their life figured out, they think. They're okay. Everything's, everything's going all right in their life. It's kind of like when Jesus said to one group of people, he said to them, well, I haven't, uh, the, those who are healthy, they don't need a physician. But those who are sick, they need the physician. And so in the first part of the chapter, he addresses these people that don't want to hear anything. It's like, okay, if, you, if your life is okay, that's fine. And then he pivots in verse 28. And he says, now let me talk to those who labor and are heavy laden. I'll talk to you. Those are the ones that are prepared to hear Jesus' message. They're prepared to hear Jesus' voice. In life, we all carry baggage. And really, Jesus speaks to to those of us who do in this passage. And I thought about it, there's really two types of baggage that we carry in life. Some of us are carrying around suitcases that were handed to us. You know what I mean? It's as if we're just little kids, we're just little kids, and somebody comes along and says, hey, I want you to carry this for me. Now, who are the people sometimes that just gave that to us? Could be, yeah, it could be our parents. It could be people that we grew up around. It could be just a situation that we're born into. There's nothing we could do about it. It's just we came into this life, the circumstances were the way that we were, and now we've got these bags, these difficulties, these burdens that we've got to carry through life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You inherited, you inherited some baggage. There was some stuff that was just given to you. It could be from your family. It could be from uh, your community. Really, ultimately, the greatest thing we carry with us is this inherited sin nature that we carry. That from the time we're young, we understand that nobody had to teach us how to make the wrong choices. They had to teach us to make the right choices. But let me ask you something. Was that something you, did you sign up for that and say, I think I'll be born with this sin nature? Did you sign up for that? No, you just inherited it. You inherited it. Now, there's some people that try to deny it, but, well, if we all just are honest with ourselves, we realize we've inherited this flesh, this struggle with sin and right and wrong. We've got this sin nature. Hey, some people inherit and they're born with physical problems or, or psychological problems, things that they didn't sign up for. And it just makes life kind of heavy sometimes, doesn't it? And then, there's not just the bags that we're given. So I just want you to imagine in your mind, mind's eye today, you're five years old, you've just come into some level of self-awareness, and all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm carrying a whole lot right now. But then what do we do in life? 
We go through life, and then, and then what happens? We get a little older, we become teenagers, we make decisions, we enter our 20s, and, and, and it doesn't look like too many, but a few of you out there are beyond your 20s, I think. Not too many, but we, we go through life, we get a little bit older, and there's not just this baggage that we inherited, but then we pick up some on our own, don't we? We make bad choices. So we, we live in a generation that likes to, to blame our problems. No offense, but we do live in a generation that likes to blame a lot of problems on other people, don't we? And some of that's justified. Sometimes we've got this, this, these heavy loads in life that, you know, it wasn't our choice. But then if we're honest with ourselves, you know what? I made some choices that made my life a little bit heavier. And I picked up some, some bad habits and I picked up some broken relationships, and I did some things to damage even some other people, and now I'm going through life, and I've got problems that I didn't ask for, and then I've got additional problems that I participated in causing, and I just am going through life saying, you know what? I've got problems. I'm a little messed up. I've, I've got some, some baggage. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The first thing we've got to understand is this problem is not unique to you. It's not unique to me. It's the common human condition. We're all carrying a heavy load through life. But Jesus says, he gives us an offer. He offers to do what? He offers to lift the load. He offers to come and say, hey, let me carry those bags. Let me hold that for you. He says, I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Boy, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good? So he says, okay, you've got all of this baggage, baggage of your own, baggage that's been handed to you, and you're holding it, you're doing everything you can to, to balance it and, and hold on to it, and you feel like you're crumbling under the weight of it, and Jesus comes alongside, and he says, you know what I'd like to do for you? I'd like to take that load from you. And he begins to lift the load, and he takes bag after bag after bag after bag. He says, come to me, I will give you rest. And so the goal, the condition of the heart of the believer is not supposed to be a heavy heart, but it is supposed to be a heart that is, well, what's the word? A heart that is in what state? A state of rest. A state of rest. Do you remember back in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments? Who remembers the Ten Commandments? And one of those says that you are to remember the what day? The Sabbath day. Because in six days, God worked, but on the seventh, he what? He rested. On the seventh day, he rested. Do you know, what is our Sabbath today? What is our Sabbath today? When is our Sabbath today? That would be maybe a bit misleading. What, what, what is the Sabbath today? How many of you say it's Sunday. <laughs> I got somebody getting all like, I, I see one guy out there just like, no, no, it's not Sunday. It's not Saturday. It's not Sunday. It's Jesus. He is our Sabbath. 
Do you remember? Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law. He came to what? Fulfill it. That's why, that's why we don't have all the ceremonial cleansings that the Old Testament had. Why? Because what is our cleansing? Jesus is our cleansing. We don't make a sacrifice. Why? Because Jesus made the sacrifice. Jesus fulfilled all of those obligations of the law. And the fact is this, the Sabbath is rest in Christ. You can read all about it in the book of Hebrews. That we're not working for our salvation, we're not working for our standing before God, but it literally says we have entered into His, you can guess the word, rest. We've entered into His rest. Jesus offers to lift the load. If you're feeling burdened and heavy laden, Jesus says, I will give you rest. I'll give it to you. And we think sometimes, I, you're at work. You know, you're, you're at work just having a week. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know, somebody was sharing with me today about, about a week they had. They even had to go to HR. I can sympathize. You know, it's like, man, and they're having a week. And how many of you ever found your place and you said, I just need a... Well, I'm hearing lots of things. I, I, I just need a vacation. You ever, does that ever come along? You're like, I just need a vacation. I just need a vacation. Well, sadly, I've, I've known some Christians... I mean, they're faithful to church, they're serving the Lord, they're, they're, they're doing everything, they read their Bible, they pray, and sometimes even in their Christian experience, they say, you know what, I just need a break. I need a break. Well, what would that tell us about the, Christian, the quality of the Christian life we're living? We miss something. We miss something. Because Jesus says, I have come to give you rest. Is your heart at rest? Or are you carrying your own bags? Are you carrying all your own baggage this morning? Jesus offers to lift the load. And can I share this with you? He can handle the load. There's a, I played this song. How, how many of you have ever heard the song, Jesus Strong and Kind? Have you heard that song? We're teaching it to our kids downstairs. I think, Danielle, they're planning on singing it sometime soon, right? Beautiful song. If you've taken notes, look it up. Jesus, strong and kind. It really reminds me of. The, it's really from this passage. The fact is, the fact is this. It would be if you come, and you come to me, and you're like Ethan. I'm just going through so much, right? I'm going through. I've got financial problems. I've got family problems. I've got physical problems. I got problems, 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 problems. And you say, hey, would you carry some of that load for me? Now, I might, be, I might be a really nice guy. I'm not, but I might be, okay? And I might, out of the goodness of my heart, say what? I might say, well, sure, but what's the problem? Am I capable of carrying your load? Not at all. You see, it's not enough to just have compassion. The person that's going to carry the load has to also be capable Jesus is strong. He said, I will give you rest. He didn't say, I'll try to help. He didn't say, hopefully I can lighten your load. He promised. He said, you can count on it. If you come to me, I 
will give you rest. He can carry whatever you've got, whatever, however heavy, however complicated, however messy, however, however, I did this once, I should have done it here. I did this, I, I spoke on this once at camp with a group of kids and I had all these brown paper grocery bags. You know what I'm talking about? So the brown paper, and I had tons of them. And they're all labeled, you know, things like anger or, or things like um, abuse or uh, all these things that could be baggage of our own making or not. And you know what I filled all the bags with? <laughs> trash. <laughs> filled them with trash. And I held them up. I gave them to one of the kids. I said, what's in there? Does that smell good? No, it's like it stinks, doesn't it? Because the baggage in our life, it stinks. It's, it's awful. It's no good. But Jesus is capable. He's strong enough to carry it all. Look, how do we know? Look at the cross. Look at we, what he endured on the cross. He proved it to us. He proved to us on the cross that he could carry whatever was thrown at him. He said, come unto me and I will give you rest. He's strong, but he's not just strong. He's gentle. He's gentle. Notice in verse number 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am, what's the word? Meek and lowly in heart. Not only is he strong, but his strength is balanced with gentleness, meekness. A lot of people, I've heard it said, well, I've heard this said before, meek does not mean weak. How many of you heard that before? Meek does not mean weak, and that's absolutely correct. The idea here is that Jesus is gentle, not because he doesn't have strength, but because he is gentle enough for the very weakest of sinners. Anybody in here ever been accused of being a bull in a china, china closet? Or you've been, you know what? You might have the strength, you can do it, but you break some stuff along the way. And sometimes in our human strength, we're well-intentioned, but our human strength isn't always tempered with meekness or with gentleness. But you think of Jesus, the picture of Jesus is the one who has ultimate power, strength, and ability, but delicate enough to minister to the very most fragile of souls. Anybody ever said the wrong thing to somebody that was hurting before? Like, said the wrong thing, you meant well, but you said the wrong thing. You involved yourself in the wrong way. Not so with Jesus. He knows just how to handle each and every one of us. He's gentle. You ever been frustrated with someone who just can't seem to get their act together? Aren't you thankful Jesus is not like us? He's gentle. Well, I gave him this load before. He's, he's meek. He'll, he'll take it again. He's strong, he's gentle, and then it says lowly. See that in verse 29? I am meek and lowly in heart. When I think of lowly, I think of a servant. Jesus is not just strong and gentle, but he's humble. For no, he chooses to, be hum, to humble himself for those of us who are undeserving. 
You know what I think of when I think of baggage and bags being lifted? This is an experience that I've never had. I've only seen it on television or in the movies. Anybody ever stayed at a fancy hotel where they take your bags for you? Anybody? Come on, let's see who's, who's ooh, some of you live in large. I, I don't remember that happening, but some of you live in large. You go to that hotel, you walk in, and, uh, and they say, have we ever gone anywhere like that, Deborah? No? I don't treat you to nice enough places, I guess. You know, I should work on it. But you walk up and, madam, let me take your bags, or sir, let me take your bags. And they grab them and they carry them away, and you're like, all right, this is something. And then at the end, you're supposed to, I'm told, you're, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to do what? Give a tip, right? You're supposed to give a tip. And in that moment, it's designed for you to feel empowered, to feel, to feel important, but can you imagine it in different terms now? Now it's not the bag boy coming to the paying guest and ushering them to the room. Now it's the owner of the hotel conglomerate who steps off of his private jet and he comes to visit the hotel. But instead of taking your bags, he walks across the street to where the homeless man lies on the side of the street. And he picks up his bags and he carries them into the hotel. And he sets up a beautiful room for him. He says, hey, for the next few days, I just want you to have rest. Take it easy. Does he expect a tip from the homeless man? No. There's no exchange of, there's, there's no, this is the kind of humility we're talking about. We're not talking about someone who's less worthy. We're talking about someone who is ultimately worthy in his strength and his gentleness reaches down to who? To us. But sometimes we get the wrong idea. Sometimes we mistake Jesus' humility for our own worthiness. You know what I mean? I mean, we think, well, I signed up for this Christian thing. I accepted Jesus. So, Jesus, why don't you go ahead and make my life a little easier? And, and I'll put a little tip in the offering plate for you. See what I'm saying? Or, sure, I'll get involved in a ministry. You make my, we, we think we have this system of exchange with him. Whereas the crowd he is speaking to here is someone who says, I'm a, I am broken, I am undeserving, I've got a heavy load, there's nothing I can do to lift it, and just awe and shock that Jesus would humble himself for us. For us. Everyone has different types of baggage in their life, and Jesus comes and he says, let me carry those bags for you. But he does ask us one to do one thing. He says, but as if I'm going to carry that, I want you to walk with me in my, in my what? Did you notice? It's in verse 30, or verse 29, you got it. I'm, I'm going to carry this for you. I want you to walk with me in my, in my yoke. In my yoke. Now the yoke, most of you probably know, but the yoke is the device that is used in agriculture. You have two animals, usually oxen. How many of you have ever seen a yoke in, in 
in operation. Yeah. And you, I remember when I was a kid going to the Hancock Shaker Village, and they had, back then, I don't know if they still do it, but they had an oxen demonstration. Uh, Seth, you were there. You remember that? Yeah, but that day we're there, we're looking at the, 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 the it's amazing, but those oxen have the, the device that around each of their necks, and it yokes them together. And they walk together. So we don't, this is not something we would see every day, but it would have been very common. It's a very common illustration in Jesus' day. They would have seen it all over. And Jesus says, I'm going to carry this for you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to stay connected to me. Stay connected to me. Live in my yoke. He says, take my yoke. Now, the first thing that I notice here is we have to be willing to accept it. We have to take it. You see, being connected to Jesus is a choice that we make. I gave it in the introduction. In the beginning of the passage, there are lots of people that said, Jesus, we don't need you. We don't want you. They're not going to join in the yoke with Jesus. They're not going to get connected with Jesus. But he says, let me tell you the secret to life. The secret to living lighter is to stay connected to the one who is strong. Stay yoked up with the one who can carry those bags. But you know what I've observed in my own life? Do you know what happens? Sometimes I come to Christ and I have this attitude. I come to Jesus and I say, Jesus, here, why don't you go ahead and carry my bags? I'll see you later. Anybody been there before? I mean, honestly? Say, I'll take all of the, I'll take all of the, the easy living. That sounds good. The light living. Jesus, I'll take that all, but I'm just going to kind of go my way. The scripture, Jesus reminds us, he teaches us emphatically, the only way you live lighter is if you stay in the, get in the yoke. Stay in the yoke. Stay connected to Christ. He's where the strength comes from. You've got to choose to be connected to Jesus. Now, of course, if you look at the description, why wouldn't you want to be connected to Jesus? I mean, look at all he promises. He promises um, he promises a light burden. He promises an easy yoke. He promises rest for your souls. That sounds like a wonderful experience, doesn't it? So then why would we resist the yoke? Because with the yoke, not only comes the blessing, not only comes the rest, the easiness, and the lightness, but also comes an element of control. Would you not agree? With the yoke comes control. And Jesus says that I'm going to lead your life in some places that you on your own would not have chosen to go. And so our natural selves resist the yoke, don't we? We resist it. I just got this new collar for my dog. I may have some kind of like safety collar on a pet or something like that. So I just got this new... It's got this new collar, and it's pretty cool, okay? It's got this, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's too cool for me, I think, because it's got like these GPS coordinates on it, and it tells you where the dog is. It, it sends like an alert to the dog if it wanders too far, then it, it send it back, you know? How many of you, you at least knew this kind of thing existed, right? So, it's, so, so we're, we've got this going on. And so I just playing with it a little bit yesterday afternoon, and I showed it to our dog. 
And do you know what her reaction was? She ran the other way. Now, this is also apropos because at just an hour later, just an hour later, Graceland left the door of the house open. The dog did not have the collar on or anything, hasn't even been trained on it. And when, that, when, when, when our dog saw her chance at freedom, that that, that that door was open, do you know what she did? I mean, she bolted. She bolted and she was living her best life ever. She wasn't being coaxed with treats or snacks or anything. I mean, we're, and she's just this way, and, that, and she's just living in freedom. There's a problem, though. She doesn't understand the nature of the road that we live on. Mrs. Bailey was at my house one time when she got out, right? No understanding of the road that we live on. Now, fortunately, it's Saturday afternoon. There's nobody really driving on the road. So the whole situation ended very peacefully, and we tricked her and got her inside, you know. That's the kind of things you do with animals. She would have no interest in putting that collar on. But what purpose does the collar serve? It serves to preserve her life, preserve her happiness, it's only for her good. And in fact, when we get that thing set up, many of you have been to my house, we've got a yard that a dog would love, right? But it wouldn't matter if there were a thousand acres. It wouldn't matter. Because what is that, what does the creature want to do? Just wants to wander, wants to wander. Whereas the, the, the yoke, if you will, the restriction, is only for her flourishing and her happiness. Because who knows best, the dog or the master? Who knows what's best for your life? If you're offended that I compared you to a dog, just be glad I'm not a Puritan, because they use words like worm. I stuck with dog, all right? Who knows what's best for our lives? The master knows. We struggle, we resist the lordship of Jesus, and we wonder why our lives are filled with complication. We wonder our, why our lives are filled with burdens and heaviness and hurt and pain. And we live in a world that wants to explore every solution to make life easier except for Jesus. We live in a world that will explore meditation, and, and, uh, and I'm not saying that all of these things are necessarily wrong, but, but just hear me out. People will explore counseling and meditation and medication. They'll explore all of these resources and everything imaginable, but when it comes to the message of Jesus, oh, can't have that because that might put a yoke on me. That might restrict me a little bit. But what if, what if, Yoking to the master is the answer that humanity is looking for. What if? We have to accept the yoke, but sometimes we struggle with it. But Jesus is patient. He's patient. 
more patient than we are. Do you see what it says in verse 29? Take my yoke upon you, and then what does it say next? And learn of me. He says, trust me. Learn of me. Understand me. Know me. He calls us into relationship with himself. We, we, what happens is now many of us, we are believers. You have accepted Jesus' yoke, but then you still struggle with it sometimes, right? You say, but I still think I know. Jesus says, wait, just learn about me. Learn what my heart is for you. And when we are fully surrendered to that connection to Jesus, we finally experience the freedom of lighter living. Now, does that mean that life gets, gets easier in the sense of without difficulty? No. The difficulties may be just as great, but the weight of those difficulties is lifted. Jesus says, you shall find rest. You shall. It's a promise. Be surrendered to the will of God for your life and experience the freedom that comes by living with Christ. Listen, and that's a message that, again, sometimes I haven't always been good at communicating that message. The church, churches in general have not always been good because sometimes what we do is we put a burden on people, Right? It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm just dealing with this. Well, all right, what you need to do is step number eight, right? Roman numeral one, follow this, do this, do this, do this, follow this step, come to this class, watch this video, read this book, do these things. Now, can all of those things help? They can help. But the answer is not found in a what, it's found in who. It's found in getting close to Jesus and let him, let him chart the course of your life. It's not about putting a more burden on people. It's about inviting what Jesus does is he gives an invitation. And that's where we'll conclude this morning. He presents an invitation. And that invitation is in the very first three words of our passage. Verse 28, come unto me. Come unto me. The who. Who does Jesus invite to come? All who are burdened. We address this at the beginning. Do you see your need? You see, sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We get, we're stuck in this situation, and we're, we, we're trying the best we can to work ourselves out of it, work ourselves out of it, solve it, solve it, solve it. When Jesus didn't call us to solve, he called us to what? Jesus, come. Just come. Just come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. All, all of ye... That's a plural word, that word ye. You see it in the King James differentiates between uh, thee is always singular or thou is singular and ye or you is always plural. He's speaking to a whole lot of people. Aren't you glad he's speaking to everybody? If you, you, could, you could translate this to, uh, to Southern and he'd say, come all y'all. Did I do okay with that? Okay, good, good, good. All y'all just come, Right? I'm going to give up before it gets worse, all right? You can come, but you have to see your need. That's why, what is the how? Well, we're not talking about some kind of easy believism. We're not talking about just saying, okay, I believe in Jesus, now everything's better. 
If you study the, the full message of Christ in the Gospels and you study the New Testament, what you'll find in coming to Jesus, there's really two elements. And those are repentance and faith. That's the door to Christ. The door to coming to Christ are those two things, repentance and faith. What is repentance? People have defined it different ways. The Greek word literally means to have a change of mind. Before anyone comes to Christ, their thinking has to change. There has to be a new perspective, a view of who they are. Many people think, as we began with, I'm just fine. But repentance changes your perspective. Repentance says, no, I'm not fine. I'm broken in sin. I'm sinful. I'm wrong. Some people think, well, you know what? I've tried this. I've tried that. Why don't I just try Jesus too? And many people come to Jesus as an experiment. Well, I tried this, this belief system. I tried that. Let's mix a little bit of Jesus in here. That's not coming to Christ. Because when we come to Christ, we come accepting him as the way, the truth, and the life. There's no plan B. There's no backup plan. Coming to Jesus means, Jesus, I've had repentance. My mind has changed. I no longer see myself as okay. I'm a sinner, and I am helpless without you. And then Jesus could have said to us, okay, well, that, now you got the repentance part down. That's good. So now here's what I expect of you. I want you to, to say all these prayers and do all these religious things and, and, and do this and do this. And he could have given us a whole list but he says, if repentance is there, I'm only asking one thing of you, and that is what? It's faith. It's to believe. It's to say, Jesus, I do believe. That's the Christian life. That is both, one, the entry point to the Christian life. That's, no person is a Christian until they've repented of their sin and called on Jesus in faith. We understand that? That's the beginning of a Christian life. It's about repenting of sin and, and self and accepting Jesus as Savior. But did you know that the Christian life never gets more complicated than that? That's all it is. It is the entry point to my salvation, and it is the posture with which I continue on in my faith. Daily repenting and turning to Jesus in faith. You say, you might say, Ethan, I'm just at a, a, a bad place right now. I'm at a bad place where I'm struggling with a lot. What should I do? You should repent and put your faith in Jesus. You say, well, I already did that years ago. I know, and you're just as much saved as you were back then, but your Christian life gets no more complicated than how you began. It's simply whatever situation you find yourself in, realize that it's a mess of your own making and that only Jesus can deliver you and say, Jesus, okay, I surrender to you. I believe you. And you watch the miracle that happens in the moment. Your burden is lighter. You'll find rest for your soul. Simple repentance and faith in Jesus. Jesus says, come, will you come? Will you come? First of all, if you've never begun your Christian life, will you come to Jesus?
But whatever you're struggling with, and you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, will you come and give those burdens back to him this morning? Let's bow for prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Very simple message. You've got burdens. Jesus says, I'll lift them. Just get close to me. Get in my yoke. Will you come? Will you come? As we come to the invitation, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior, if you've never repented of your sin and put your faith in Him, I want to invite you to do that right now. Wherever you sit, right now in your heart, say, how do I do it? Just simply confess to Jesus that you're, you're a sinner. This is repentance. When you just confess to Christ, yes, God, I am a sinner. I've lived my own way. I'm lost. And now simply tell Christ that you believe in Him. Say, Jesus, my hope of salvation is in you and you alone. Please save me. If you pray that to the Lord, if you call out to Him right now, say, yes, I'm a sinner and I trust Jesus, you save me. Would you call out to, if you've never done that, would you do that right now? Call on Christ as your Savior. You say, Ethan, I'd, I'd like to, have, I just still have questions. Please come and speak with me after the service or send me a message. Let's, let's talk about how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven, that you've truly come to Jesus. Christians, how many of you would say this morning, if you're a believer, you'd say, you know what, I came in with a heavy load today and I'm ready to surrender that to the Lord right now. Let's just have a quiet moment of prayer, a time of invitation. As Amy plays the piano, would you just speak to the Lord? Maybe you need to repent and just resurrender that area of your life to Him. Take time right now to do that. Father, we thank you that you've not left us on our own. Jesus, we, we praise you that you are all that we need. You're all that we have. I pray this morning for hurting hearts. Lord, I don't know what every person's need is today. I pray for heavy hearts to be lifted. Lord, I pray for stubborn hearts to be broken by your love. God, I pray that all of our hearts would be turned to you. We thank you that, that you're strong and you're kind and gentle. Help us to love you with the love that you deserve. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.